Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever this is finding you. I hope it finds you well. Welcome to the HRL Touch Mall podcast. This is the Legend Lineup Edition with your hosts, Psych and Hove, and I am Hove. Thank you everyone for being here with us. We have a lot of very cool things to cover as we head into year 20 of the HRL Twin Cities here in 2023. And... Just what a special episode. What a way to finish off our legend lineup. We will have a wrap-up episode coming out tomorrow, February 24th. But this this one was really special to us. So thank you for being here, and we hope you stick around to the end. Um, we had a lot of fun on this one. And we were able. I was able to meet, Psych and I both were able to meet a very cool guy in Joe Lawrence, who is the original fun star of the HRL. A guy who built the HRL with Truck back in those early couple years. And like I said, a lot of special stuff to cover. Also just wanted to let everyone know, we had Joey on a call, on a Zoom call during this episode. The audio didn't come out as cleanly as I had hoped. But again, we were just thankful to be able to talk with him and Truck. We recorded this at Truck's house, which was super special. Got to see all the OG wiffle ball memorabilia. Um, And yeah, shout out to Truck for having Evan and I over. That was fantastic. Um, And let's get right into it. Hope everyone has a safe weekend. We're in the middle of a snowstorm here in Minnesota. So like I said, everyone stay safe. Enjoy yourself. Have a great rest of your off season if... If we don't see her, we don't talk to you again. But we have that episode coming out tomorrow, so look out for that. And with that, let's get right into it. Thanks, everyone. ...does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It's all up to Average Joe's youngest member. He's got to make a play here, Pepper. Uh, word, Cotton. Love you, Two players left on each side. What a match. What a sport. Two positions. Looks like it's going to be a two-on-one, a menage a trois of pain. Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to witness the greatest happening in sport. Sudden death dodgeball. Pepper needs new shorts. Uh, I don't True think story. I Sully's I... my brother, too. Who? Sully. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, now it's making more sense. True story. Okay. Yeah. I always wondered. Like the Sully Hardy brothers. Okay. How do you feel about Sully creating a new squad? You want to save it for the podcast? Or, yeah. I mean, <laughs> or we, can, are we, we live definitely right can. now? We're, record- we're live right now. We're live right now? Mm-hmm. All right. We yeah. haven't technically started, but this could make a play in for sure. Well, I feel happy for him. He played 198 games with the single worst wiffle ball team in the league over six years. I think his pitching record was like three and fifty. Mm-hmm. To say he didn't earn his freaking bruises, oh I'm happy God. for him to have his own team finally. I was um, so excited when yeah. I saw that announcement. Yeah, and I played I'm, with. I'm happy for. I think him. one of those dudes at with Toberfest. I knew one of them. Um, Henry is his name. Yeah. The longer hair guy. I knew him at school. I became friends with him freshman year of college. And I show up. I'm like, Henry, what are you doing here? Are you interested <laughs> in getting the HRL? And talk to Sully for a bit, and he's like, Yeah. Band buddies and all yep. that stuff. So yep, it's his bandmates uh, from Mineral Man, okay. who are an excellent band, by the way. Sure. You have to check them out one of these times. They're they're yeah. really really talented. Okay. Uh, are you but, still playing, Chuck? You guys still doing? Uh... 
Yeah, I'm. St- I'm still. I still sing. No, whiskey tango's done. I've been in a cover band uh, that I built with a couple of friends I met called Triple Dog. There, I've been, I've been playing the cover band scene for about the last six, seven years, and uh, uh, we're still doing that. It's great. We just play out one, two weekends a month and get the housewives dancing, <laughs> and uh, everyone gets drunk and has a good time. Oh, it's it's fun. Every place we play, the dance floor is packed. Everyone's just drunk and rowdy and having a good time. It's freaking great. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, for sure. I was I was happy to hear. I was teammates with Sully at uh, with Trouble Fest this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm happy to see he's got more guys in the league, more talent, yes, more absolutely. more good vibes. And we're know? bumping it up to 24 this that? year for year 20. I think it fits I'm perfectly. Ask how many teams are playing nowadays. Yeah, 24. we we think last year, the last couple of years has been 22, and I think we're bumping it up to 24. And I feel like it's a quality 24. Like oh we're not gosh. we're not stretching to make it 24. It's full of quality. Right, yeah, of course. So. Sure. It was funny. I just rewatched the. Sorry. Nope. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I was rewatching the um, World Series live stream, and they made a good comment that, um, all right, he he said in his interview, anyone wants to play in the league, let us know, let me know, we'll get you guys in, and maybe immediately said, oh, I don't know if we have any room, but he's a great ambassador for the league, and that's when I realized, oh yeah, we are pretty full. All with good teams, all with people who mm. want to play in the league, and yep. yeah, so that's super cool, especially twenty four now. This year. And I like, yeah, I like the Space Cowboys name, and I like the Cyclones name for the other squads. So. We got a good variety of like MLB names and you know, or uh, affiliate names. So all the all the great names have been taken, like the Brewers. Those have been taken. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the Brewers has been retired. It's been retired, just yeah. like the Royals. Back then, you, back then you were forcing us to the MLB only. Pretty, uh, easy choice. Yeah, I think what happened was about what three, four, five years ago. Finally, at winter meeting, each team had a vote, and we put it to a straight up vote. Do you want to use uh, minor league team names as well? And I think it just very narrowly passed, but mm-hmm. we've stuck with it ever since. And I think it's kind of grown on people. You know, people like Sanchez yeah. will probably grow until the end oh, of time, right. but it's certainly grown on me. I know I, as captain of the Bears, I voted for it. You know, why not? I agree. I yeah, I like that. The research, so it's still uh, just two cities. Or have you guys expanded beyond that? It's still Egan Hopkins. Stuff? Still Egan Hopkins. I feel like there's been chatter over the Absolutely. years of possibly looking at other locations because kind of okay, Fridley in the North Metro is a real hotbed now, mm-hmm. mostly because of you know I would say Mippy's influence oh, more God. than anything. And that would open up so much room um, in the in the southern two cities if there was yeah something. Like yeah, that. I I I think. Joe, as you know, having helped me run the league from the beginning and dealing with other cities and entities and stuff and and kicking the tires on looking at other locations, you know that the, the, the obstacles are many and most mostly comes down to liability. Um, and, and I think those are the same bugaboos that people run into when they talk about going to other places, especially more so now. It's, it's so much more litigious now than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Right, yeah, two decades aren't going to help that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I just want to give you a brief overview um, of kind of what the legend lineup is. Um, Trek will give you the brief overview, too. Um, and then we can kind of get into it, get started with stuff. Um, 
So Austin approached me, I think it was October, um, with this idea to kind of, you know, revamp revamp the podcast, revamp the HRL Touch Mall podcast, and maybe even give ourselves a little bit of area to say, okay, we want to jump in and we want to do a few things. Um, you know, some time went by, and then all of a sudden it was December, and he said, you know, I was really serious about that idea. Well, by that time I had done some thinking, and, and one of the things I said was, if we're going to do a podcast or like a series of podcasts, for the HRL in the off season, I want to make it memorable because we're going into year 20 um, and just how many great memories I've had. Um, I remember showing up to the Whifflin for Wishes when I was 14, 15 years old and shaking Truck's hand. And I wanted to go out there and show, you know, if I was pretty good and I wanted to go show off in front of the, front of the HRL guys too. So then once I got in the league, I had more of an appreciation and now just growing up um, even more of an appreciation. So I said, you know, what I really would like to do is is do like a series called the Legend Lineup, and I want to have on various guys who have played um, either all 20 years or various legends or guys who have come and gone, like yourself. Um, and we actually also had Spoon on. I don't know if you remember Spoon from the early days. So I think we've had a good conglomeration. Um, you guys are actually will be our last two guests. Um, so we interviewed Spoon, Help, and Seuss as the first nice. rendition. Great triumvirate. That was an all-time yeah. trio right oh, there. So fun. And they gave us so much wealth of knowledge that, I mean, we played with Seuss, and we still play with Seuss and Pelt. We never knew that. And Seuss is very knowledgeable, especially on those early days. And Yeah. Yeah, he's a... The, the, the love Seuss has for the game of wiffle mm. ball runs deeper than, I would say, 99.9% <laughs> of people I know. And really, dynasty quality for early HRL, right? Because oh, absolutely. Are, yeah. every Pretty much every year, the, the team that comes out of Egan... To play the World Series, more often than not, it's going to have Seuss on it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, <just> <laughs> dude just wins, man. He does. And Pelp's like 72, and he's still out yes. there playing. That's amazing. He's still playing? Yes. Oh, God bless him. That's good stuff. Yeah, he's he's slowed way down. I mean, he's a little more fragile these days than he used to be. But, yeah, he's still out there playing. Joey. You guys instituted the designated runner just for him? <laughs> yeah. He runs better than me. Joey, I've been his teammate for the last few years now, and I swear, no one, no one really can take it easy on him because there's no need to. Like he's so good, he can still hit the ball, he can still run down the bases, and he can still. He, he was our third pitcher for the 2022 season, so yeah, Palpatine is is a different breed. He's one of the guys. And and him being the father of Spoon, too, that just made that episode so much more special because yeah. got to sit down with Spoon he's, what, and what, in Indiana these Seuss. days? He's in Ohio. Ohio? Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. bounces all over the place. Yeah. 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 We were fortunate yeah, to great. get him on. It's here. so great that we're still doing it together because, I mean, that's how we all probably grew up to the father-son craft, you know, so yes. it's special that they got to play uh, at that level for so long together. Yeah, that is cool. Just to get back to the legend lineup thing, though. Um, and you guys were our first thought. And Joey being a, a friend and someone else that we can talk to with Chuck, mm-hmm. that is amazing. And especially for a podcast, and especially if we're talking yeah, about... Man, I'm glad we could pull it together, ball. man. I'm glad Joe could yeah. make himself available. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no sweat. So I guess we will just uh, get right into it then, and obviously we'll work things out as we go through, but uh, hello everybody and welcome back to the HRL Touch Em All podcast, the Thursday edition of the Legend Lineup. 
Um, we're sitting here with two very important guests um, who need little to no introduction. First off, we have well, none other give than... to him anyway, because... <laughs> <laughs> first off, we have none other than the founder of the HRL, a fir the first actual member of the Hall of Fame, a Cy Wiffle, three-time most improved player, which also includes 2022, the owner of the Bears franchise. Um, he had a, cre a career resurgent year in 2022, which was capped off with an all-time vintage performance against the Hops at Wiffle this year. He did it both on the mound and at the plate and led his team to a victory. Um, and in my opinion, and probably in most people's opinion across the country and not just the state of Minnesota, the most legendary wiffle ball figure ever, um, welcome truck. Wow. You have to widen the doors when my head's coming through, man. No, I, you know, you're, you're right on my resume there. And I, one of the things I was asked after the award ceremony, uh, when we had it, uh, just a couple months back here, I said three-time most improved player. How does that happen? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, two epic falls from grace. That's how that happens. <laughs> are those yeah. injuries? Or are those... No, well, not really injuries. But oh, when you play for the Bears, it's it's hard to really. You meant it more metaphorically, fall from grace. Yeah, fall from grace. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to take stuff seriously. And basically, basically what happened last year was I was literally in the midst of my, my personal midlife crisis. And I just said, I want to see if I can hang with these boys oh, this absolutely. year. So I went out there and played my ass off. <laughs> everybody, anybody and everybody. So I got to play a few times. It hurt like hell, but it was fun. <laughs> it was a great year to play the Bears. Great yeah. year to play the Yeah. Bears. It was fun not getting smoked like 30 to five and actually having some competitive shit. And it, was, it was good. I gave a, a couple of, I know Sully hit a home run off of Seuss that one yeah. game. Like, yeah. One of our scrubs hit one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was great. And he was still pitching like 57, I think. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. Keeping it under the limit. You know Seuss. Yeah. He can tell any line. <laughs> but a uh, truck. Have you played? Sorry, have you played all 20 years? Or, uh, taking breaks in between? I you sat out 2015. I sat out 2015 entirely, and I just managed 2016 because I. Had not had my hip replacement yet. Um, the hip replacement bought me some more years, so. Mm -hmm. Robo truck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh oh, new nickname in year twenty. Almost though. <laughs> so, technically seventeen, eighteen years in the league. Uh, this well, this is the twentieth season oh, in the league. Yeah. This will be my nineteenth year playing mm -hmm. out of the twenty. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, truck, because he's your buddy, and I mean, Joe, I. I I look back on all the history, but, you know, I, I can't do it justice myself. So, Truck, you want to introduce our second guest? All right. Well, I'm going to tell you, Joe was among the rabble that first contacted me when we got some momentum via the press in uh, the spring of 2004 when I was going to start the league. And it became very, very evident that uh, Joe was more than willing and capable and knowledgeable on how to sort of help build the framework actually, you know, for the, with the, like uh, things like how to, you know, uh, you know, part of the, uh, how we got to use rinks was, a, you know, birth as in part with, you know, Joe and some help from, you know, certain other guys too, sure. but things like that. He was instrumental in, um, you know, kind of keeping everyone together. He was like the lighthearted guy, but when, when anything needed to get done 
or if Hopkins needed to be contacted, he kind of he's the one who basically set up the whole relationship with Hopkins to begin wow. with. That was all Joe's orchestration. Okay. Um, so he kind of got that rolling, but always reliable, always, always kept us laughing, always kept us loose, and uh, <laughs> you know, as my right hand guy, you know, I couldn't have done the first few four, four or five years without him. So Joey Law uh, is the gentleman, and he has he's been gone since what 2008 was your last season. Yeah, that's right. We moved back to Michigan in the spring of nine. So yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, so this is going to be your introduction to a hell of a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about him. He was a good time guy. He was basically the original fun star in this league. Wow. Um, yeah. The guy, the guy playing with the 40 in his hand. <laughs> and it wasn't even a fun star game. It wow. was just league night, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of the guy that helped steer the original culture of the Wiffle Ball League in the sort of party direction that it ultimately went in. I wasn't really planning on that yeah. aspect of it, but I'll I'll say I was glad to be on that ride because oh, it was mm. very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope I didn't thwart your uh, original plans. And it wasn't <laughs> just me. It was like you said. I mean, I think I was like uh, had all the ghostwriter of the other guys for pregame and postgame were in my ear like, we should do this, we should do that. And I was just old enough to be like, hey, Charlie, I think this is the next step. You yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it was all the Sanchez's and Westies and yeah. Marks, and, uh, and Joe was always, always had a great idea, and he was always, like, not annoying about it. He wasn't like, hey, 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 you know, always tugging him. Like, he, he always knew the right time to come up with something great, and it was, yeah, it was, it just worked well. We had a, we had a good uh, synergy working together for the first few years, and it worked out well. And really, you can encapsulate all that as I was like truck secretary. Okay. <laughs> hey, every Batman needs a Robin. Ugliest and... secretary I ever had. <laughs> I know. I tried to wear a service for you and everything. You know? I love that. So, how long have you guys known each other then, like previous to to that year? So. Uh, that was it. Literally, Joe answered the call when he saw either saw a newspaper article or uh, the radio or heard the radio uh, bit I was on with PA and Dubé. Um, it was one of those two, right? You, you... Yeah, it was the Pioneer Press. Wesley's yeah. the one. I mean, I was buds with him, and, and Jim and I have been friends since 2001 or so. Yeah. And uh, and we just played, you know, in the in the parking lot at my apartment type of thing. He's like, can you believe that there's a wiffle ball league? Oh, I love so, that. Yeah, it was Wesley that uh, put it in my ear and made us come down to Egan that, yep. that fateful day. Yeah, yeah. And Chops told me Wesley was also very... Um, influential in getting us in the rinks. So. He was, he was. I, I know he he may well have been one where the light bulb first went off over mm-hmm. his head. Mm-hmm. And I know in talking with Joe about it, Joe kind of helped bring that idea to like a like the vision of Westy's idea to like something on paper that we could actually put inside the rink. Mm-hmm. And I and I know Joe laughs every time we talk about <laughs> this because it, there's always been this urban legend kind of thing about who came up with wiffle ball in rinks. But I I. After 20 years, I gotta kind of say it's kind of a, I think it's Westy and Joe. It's kind of a co thing. I, I really think you kind of, yeah. yeah. It might well, it might have originated over Westy's head, but you you made ideas. it you made it come to life. Yeah, and I probably stole lots of guys' ideas over the years. I was just <laughs> the one bold enough to ask truck about it. Like yeah. I said, I ended up being the spokesman. I was probably like players' union. Right. There you go. For the first, yeah. for the first year, you know. Yeah. So we'd be all at NASBAR or something talking about stuff, and I was like. Well, I like that. I don't like that. I'm gonna take what's what is you know important to me and push it up to the truck. And so yeah, I'm sure Wes and I were sitting around one night. He was like, "No, how about hockey rinks?" And what I loved about hockey rinks originally, I was thinking truck. It was like the old polo grounds. I 
was like, oh yeah, we'll go the long way. Right. Really narrow sides. Oh, right. Opening, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I was all jazzed up. Like I wanted different rings in different towns. You know, I was like, but then I, we were like, well, let's just make it practical and try to split it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the idea that still works today. Yeah. So, yeah. To go yeah, back. Still, yeah, that's good to hear. Cool. Yeah, to go back, uh, mentioning that we only have the two cities still, I think that that's also great because it just emulates so many other sports and it kind of gives sure. that, like, just the two cities, you know, who's going to come out of which city. American yeah. League Monitor. I think it's super cool that that has stood for, you know, well, it was just Egan in 2004, so 19 of the 20 years, the Hopkins-Egan thing has stood. I mean, that's pretty cool. Oh. Evan you said, know, and Evan, of course, in a, in a little uh, soundbite, he says, in one of our earlier podcasts, he says, both sides of the river. And I didn't even think of that. The river that cuts down to the cities right there. Yeah. It really is. So you can think about it like that, too. Yeah. Since yeah. the Twin Cities are such a large thing. Yeah. I think that got nailed because of something like that. At least we, like the two, <laughs> like, two guys shaking hands across the river. How do you know. say that? I guess I'm proud of that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Cool. That's right. Well, uh, we got a few topics that we got to discuss tonight. Um, they're on our back sheets. Now, Joe, I don't know if you got that email I sent to you. Uh, hopefully you did. I, so. I did. I just, uh, it was a little last minute that I looked at it, but I do have it in front of me for some time for reference. Okay. Perfect. So I, I think we kind of honestly touched on a little bit of the first topic, um, but I'll throw this at you, Truck. Um, as you kind of now had those plans, you said you talked with PA. You did all these things. You were in the press. You were getting contacted by guys like Joe. Yeah. When things were really taking shape and you were, let's say, three, four months out from the target date that you had, or even like sooner, how did the wheels keep spinning and turn out to be one April day, one whatever day that it was that you first had the HRL first game? Um, well, I decided to strike while the iron was hot. I did not screw around. I got contacted by probably 80 to 100 people. Wow. Uh, between the Pioneer Press article and the uh, PA and Dubé bit that I was on. And I got it narrowed down real quick to about 40 players that were serious about playing. And that was enough to split them up into eight teams. So from the time we had our first sort of informal practice session, and it was just at an open softball field, no fences, no nothing, just people throwing wiffle balls, swinging bats without a clue, just getting to know each other. Joe was part of that group, Sherls, you know, Cheesy, Kmart, Nelson, I think all those guys were originally part of the, that ragtag bunch, that Rocket, I know Sanchez, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can keep naming them, but guys that were there, Westy, you know, that were just part of that original bunch. Yeah. And um, we did that one or two times at a softball field, and then, you know, Joe and Westy had come up with the rink idea, so we moved our practice sessions to the rink. And then, like, literally, I, we slapped an eight-team schedule together. And from the time we had our first practices until we started playing league games, I would say it was probably two to three weeks, to be honest. Like, we just got right into it. We didn't mess around. Like, we started games quickly. Mm-hmm. So our first games were, like, May 24th of 2004. And I think the original article in the newspaper came out roughly about a month before that. That started everything. Wow. Yeah. So within about a month, we were we were starting playing games. Wow. This is a question that I, in my head, sounds like it would open up a big can of worms. But what about the conception in your head for the news article? 
because I I think I had heard from him before that that's how you started it, yeah. but I didn't really know anything else besides that. Right, like how that came to happen in the yeah, first place. Yeah, what you even think? What yeah, you so I wanted to start a wiffle ball league when I moved here in 2003 in Minnesota because I was in the original HRL in Mass. It's what I grew up with. You know, I was, it was awesome, and it was a part of my life that I wished I could have brought with me. Um, so over that first winter that I was there, 2003 into 2004, I had gotten onto a website. I think it was just called wiffleball.net, and it was literally just a basic database. Mm. Name, age, I'm a pitcher, I'm a hitter, I live in this town in this state. And they had a little message board, and people could connect, you know, and, yeah. you know, become <laughs> wiffleball buddies with people that way. And I put a feeler out in general that I wanted to start a league in the Twin Cities or in Minnesota in general, anyone interested. And the guy who reached out and contacted me um, in like February or March of that year in 2004 was the guy Richard Chin, uh, the um, the journalist yeah. uh, from the Pioneer Press. So uh, somehow he'd been looking through that stuff. And I think he just he just that's the kind of stuff he does to look for a story. He'll look in places that. You wouldn't think to look mm. uh, to come up with stuff to write about. And he's still writing to this day. Uh, he's actually a, a friend of mine now, wow. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I so, remember him coming out. I think it was a couple of years ago. He did. He reached out to me. Yep. Yeah. After seeing a post yeah. in this wiffleball.net sort of like database message board type site. Uh, yeah. well, not to say if that happened, what would you have done? But. Was it kind of like you were going to do anything it took to get a wiffle ball league started there? Or um, did you expect to have even 40 guys? Oh, no. By, oh, by no. Spring no. It, it's exploded and it blew up very quickly, uh, which is why I wanted to get it going so fast mm. because it, the momentum was just so quick. Um, I wanted to catch it before it potentially lost guys lost interest. You know, mm. I wanted to keep people coming back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He almost lost us all after that first practice. Yeah, it was it was pretty nice uh <laughs> I think the word slapdick come to mind for sure. <laughs> Everyone's there just I didn't know how it was gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean much many years later we all look back and like, do you remember what I was thinking? And like all of our little groups of twos and threes were like we walked away from that and we're like, What the hell are we doing? Here? Yeah, <laughs> that that was stupid. <laughs> Right. No, I mean, it was fine because it introduced us. And like you said, I mean, to, to Fred's, you know, credit, right afterwards, he's emailing us and sending us things. We set up the web, you know, the, the message board. And so right away you were on and you're like, hey, guys, we're going to set this up. So we're all kind of like, well, I guess we win. I guess we should keep doing it. And it's a good thing because we all yeah. did it. Yeah. Once the game started and it started to become yeah. real, that's that's when it really took off quick. And guys got hooked right away. And became a thing that people look forward to Definitely. quickly. Yeah, because like you said, Chuck, I mean, it could have easily, if you wallowed or waited or wanted to make things perfect before we started, you know, there's a good chance you would have lost people. Yeah. So it was, it was a good call to just stay honest, and we were like, all right, yep, we went once, we can go next week just as easily. Yeah, and we just jumped right in and, and got her done. Yeah, and it's uh, and, and growing pains along the way, right? I mean, it was. It, oh. it sounds like it's still doing it to this day. I'm so happy to hear that there's still winter meetings with boats because that's how we formed the league. Was first five years. 
right? Every winter meeting was like, all right, this is up. Who yep. wants three ball rule? All right. Nope. Yep. Who wants gloves? Nope. Who wants black bats? Right. And it was Who each knows? person had a vote back then. It wasn't done by team like it is wow. now. Oh, team. Yeah, we the league got so big that the voting is done by team now in the league. So anything that's put to the floor, every team gets one vote. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, it's great. I mean, everything from I mean, now we, you're right. We do have that uh, that banquet now, and I think that perfectly just encapsulates kind of what's going on, and we want what we want to celebrate the year that was. Yeah. Um, and that was the only thing kind of missing, and. I can't believe it took us that long to actually have an awards, proper awards ceremony, because that was some amazing stuff. Just amazing. That was an amazing night. That's great. It's great to hear you two talking about how you, you're happy that things you guys instituted right away are still here in the league. That's so cool. So much has changed, yet so much has not. You know, I, as someone who's kind of been there for all of it, it's, yeah, and it's, I think it's changed in a good way. It's evolved in a way that's kept us, I'd say, among one of the top two or three wiffle ball leagues in the country to this mm-hmm. day. Still relevant, fresh. Yeah, that's something to be proud of, dude. Yeah, for sure. And cool. it's mostly these young guys right here that are carrying it right now, man. I'm just, I'm just captain of the Bears, baby. I'm sitting back and enjoying the ride, so... <laughs> And that just goes back to, you know, Trek putting guys like you and Westy and all those guys from year one and putting the right people in the right places. And, um, you know, now I don't know if you ever got to meet Huck Finn. He's been a great commissioner and he is great on all facets of players and, and working with the cities. And then, you know, also with the outreach with National Wiffleball League Association. He was the captain of that national championship team, so and has handled every single instance of controversy like a true statesman, like, a like, like an absolute yeah. wizard. Yeah, yeah. Yes. much better than we've ever ever been. Right? Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> yeah, flying by the seat of her pants there, trying to temper down the fourteen different yeah, doling out three game yeah. suspensions for fights in the ring, things <laughs> like that. <laughs> It may or may or may not have been some alcohol involved. <laughs> That's what we need. We need an Atrial Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. I feel like one of the worst ones, and I, I mean, it must not, the rule must not have been around for a long time. Didn't we have a Ghost Runner thing at one time? I just remember this huge kerfuffle of Ghost Runners attacking there to touch in the face or something. <laughs> I wish somebody else was here that had a better memory. Yeah, I, I don't recall oh, either, but yeah. That. There are a litany of early year examples of things that I'm glad we corrected and just <laughs> learning. Yeah. You, you do, but we figured out what not to do over the first handful of years. So it's kind of baby steps. We yeah. played with gloves that first year, baseball gloves. Yeah. We voted it down right away. Yeah, yeah. first winter meeting, was, everyone was like down with gloves. <laughs> Except for Kmart. <laughs> Kmart. Well, do we still have those votes in? Somebody must have taken notes. <laughs> yeah, I, who knows? I, I don't I don't know that I did. I I, no. I was more there to party than anything, but Yeah. It'd be funny to look back and be like, did we really vote for gloves? <laughs> <laughs> Give some guys some flack from first ever winter meeting. I don't think we were organized enough yet to, to actually do a proper uh minutes and calling yeah. roll and things like that. <laughs> no way. No, no way. Could we need though? <laughs> That's great. Well Joe, um you know, we're kind of getting to know you now, but for all of the new guys in the league, for all the guys who maybe joined kind of like us the last five, six, seven, ten years even, 
well after your time. Um, just take us through a little bit of your wiffle ball journey, um, the five years that you were a member of the Brewers. And maybe before that also, if you played when you were a kid or did you, did you play in your backyard or, or what? Yeah, definitely. I didn't come from Whipple Road to like Charger out, out east, so <laughs> I played, you know, pretty minimally <laughs> uh, as a kid. And it was only when we couldn't get enough guys to play baseball. Like, well, there were a couple guys in my neighborhood. If we couldn't get everyone together, we'd just go home run derby in grade school. But I think really when Whipple Ball, um, you know, started to be a bigger part of my life was in late high school and college. And so when I'd come back home from college, all of us buddies would get together, and it was just Whipple Derby. And that's why I think clearly why I brought that side with me what truck wasn't expecting because my experience was northern Michigan and almost like uh, Edward Forty hands I mean he was Jim Odin's getting together and they're like well, before we do that you guys want to whiff the derby yeah I can whiff the derby you want to whiff the derby I can whiff the derby can't believe we're not whiffing the derby right now <laughs> so, I love that <laughs> so yeah, we'd go grab 40s and go up to my buddy's house and just try to you know, smack them over the bull barn. And so we did that you know, all through college. And when I moved out to Minnesota, I still had my bat. That's when I met Wesley and some other guys and a whole bunch of baseball fans. So either after Twins games or after you know, playing bids, it was go out to the parking lot and smack the bull. So I, I, had, I did not have the, the hardcore out east serious wiffle ball mentality that Chark did. So I was definitely the counterpoint. Like you said, maybe took the league in a different direction for long because I was like, what, we're here to, to party and hang out, aren't we? More so. Yeah, than looking like, back, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad I went the direction it did. Because it's, it's, still, it's still there to a much lesser degree now. But, yeah, and I think we struck a great balance because it was, I mean, oh, it was yeah. still competitive and super yeah. fun. But I was yeah. di- I was di- I was digressing. You should continue your whiffle ball journey story. Please. Yeah, and into um into the HRL. Yeah, starting off. Yeah, and that was it. And so that's that's how we got into the HRL. So it was you know me and West and popcorn fans and Costa and all those kind of guys that, that I knew that just played casually uh, in the parking lot of my apartment building before we saw trucks Pioneer Preston. And so then into the HRL, you know, we we started the Brewers. And like I said, it was the only name that since. Goofball uh, for for uh, teams, so that's how I think Kenny and I. And Kenny's probably the other guy that we haven't mentioned yet that I just knew through work friends more so than uh, the college buddies that, that Jim was part of. So yeah, we brought that crew in, and I think we stayed together for quite a while. And it was just you know, pieces that came and went, but Kenny and I were there for at least five years on. So yeah, I, I mean, great times, and you know, it's, it's funny. It's such a big part of my life. I, I always joke that I mean, my wife's always giving me hell that. Uh, it was such a big part. I'd come home for lunch, you know, and I only worked five minutes away, but I grab a sandwich and I go out back and throw 30 pitches. I have a newborn. And I was just like, wait, 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 yeah. And to this day, it's like, oh, you're going to go uh, make some bag stops or some scoreboards and then get in the garage? I'm like, hey. <laughs> I might. I might have to. Somebody needed to do it. Yep. And that was you. That was you. Yeah, he's the creator yeah. of the original scoreboards wow. in Hopkins. Those still stand to this day. We still use them. I mean, well, they're they're different now, but yeah, okay, yeah, they're in the same spot. Yes, that's right. That's right. The old ones. I remember seeing pictures. Joe, Joe's the one Joe made had like little sliding numbers, yes. like the white ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you slide like a little dial to the numbers. Yeah. Tell us. I have a little bit more specific question about your whiffle ball playing. Just tell us what first comes to your head 
when it comes to thinking about playing, like a game or a series or your pitching, your your pitching prowess, if you had any, or hitting, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, so again, it's all my history. It's all goofball. So it was like kid time for me to emulate different batting stances, and pitching stances. <laughs> I mean, I think that whole first year, how much they have normal you know, track. I, mean, <laughs> I was always just like. I mean, it was all about almost like basketball. How can I count through with other guys? Because I definitely didn't have the talent to make it in that league. So, <laughs> yeah, he had some so good windups. I mean, what's that? Jeff? You had some good windups there. <laughs> always, always trying to mess with people with them in different timing. Like that dude on the yeah, Yankees yeah, that does Sheffield. that. That Nestor dude. Nestor Cortez. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Windups made to just mess with people. That's right. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that's all I had because I couldn't uh, throw hard enough to get past anybody. So, yeah, it was all wind up. Uh, and and it, this, I mean, just throw it in every different venue direction you could. And then batting, you know, just like I said, I, people would be like, you switch hitter? And I'm like, nope, but I am today. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then strike out three times. Hey, you know, I mean, so. <laughs> Do you have any close games or any good games that you can remember? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, what I love about this league, it's probably still posted. You guys probably kept all those archives. We used to do recaps, and I don't know if you still do it this day, but yeah. we used to write them down. I mean, talk about my oh, actual post, yeah, written recaps. Yeah, yeah. we used yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah we would pregame, play the games, post game. I'd get home at midnight, input stats, and be like writing up what we did that. Day. <laughs> you know, yeah. so sure, Trek probably still has it all written somewhere now. It, it's probably still attached to those original box scores on the website. You could probably look up a 2004 game and it'd still be there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I will say. But I think it was. Oh, if, if you were asking, I mean, I hate to say that it's all you know, nostalgia for me for that first year, but some of my best from that. I think the playoffs that first year against the Yankees, truck, if you remember. Uh, Brewers, Yankees, and Yankees had our number all year, and it's like this whole WWF. Freaking uh, heel with Coda. Coda. Yeah. And, and then we just had this like big rivalry with like, I mean, it was mostly jovial, but sometimes serious, depending on the evening. <laughs> and, and it was, and we, we, it was in the playoffs with Bob and Beasley, you know, but uh, some really close games against, against the Yankees and Coda that we pulled out uh, in the end of the Yankees. So I remember those in particular being contentious and fun and, and really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. And then later on, you know, I tried to institute like the traveling trophies. So we had some uh, battle for the barrels with the twins. We had the whole keg that I painted half and half Brewers and Twins. That every time we won, the other team needed to take it right down the score. Mm -hmm. So those are some of my other um, Mm. favorite memories playing against those guys because they were just always. I think the Twins and the Braves are the only two original teams that have stood the test yeah. of time that still exist. Oh, Joe, we're losing you. Yeah, they're still around, and there's at least one member from those original oh, teams yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, Twins are still Kmart and Nelson, and the Braves are still Chops and Sanchez. Yeah. Oh, jeez, really? Yep. That's Chops would yep. never give up the Braves. I know yep. that. Yep. He's a Braves fan, so that makes it easy. And we still got Rocket and Egan, uh, captain of the Yankees. Yep. Of course, you got me, 
Sheryl's is still an Egan. Yeah, Sheryl's and Nine are still a combo. They play together. Uh, for the Hops, I think, right? Yeah, they bounce around a little bit, but I think yeah. they just... But know. the Padillies are no more. I think the Padres and Padillies have kind of disbanded. Finally. Yeah, the J.C. Sheryl's is that, kind of... Yeah. Is that it? Because I'm, I'm actually curious. Because I was trying to put together how many original players there are, if there's anyone even from those first... Yeah, I might have named them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty... You can count them on two hands. I think there's like eight, eight of us. Sure. That's the OGs that still play. Yeah. That's so cool. Is Seuss not around anymore? Who? Seuss. Seuss is. Seuss is. He's, he's, he wasn't an original player, though. He joined in like 06. Right. Yeah, I'm talking like guys that were there for that first year yeah. where it was just, you know, eight teams all in Egan. That's so cool. Day one OGs. I mean... And we, we call them all OGs nowadays, especially for the new crop of guys. Like, I remember getting in when I was 18, and now I'm 24, and you know, I got a kid on my team who's just turned 20, and, and we got a new crop of guys in who are going to be 18 and 19 years old, and they still don't know the layers and layers and layers of history of the HRL. And so I think that's why this project is so cool. If, if they get to listening to it, they're going to really want to do that research. And part of what I wanted to say earlier was I did that research, and that's what's made me such a – Wiffle historian nut. I was reading those game recaps from all seven games of the first World Series, and holy cow, it'd be so cool to play in a World Series. It'd be so cool to have my name written in these recaps, and then I get in and forget about those kind of nuances. But gosh, those were those were some times. And I mean, it changes with the times, and you know, it's never going to be what it was in 04 when it's 2023. It's never going to be what it was in 08. But um, it's so cool to see how the dynamics with different individuals and different teams coming in. And, how they play their games and how they want to go about um, having their fun nights and, and whatnot. So that's it's really cool to hear you guys talk about the lady of the HRL. And yeah, such a such a privilege to be part of. I mean, I, I feel like it was such a big part of my life. But looking over the history of HRL, it's so important. Like there for the first quarter. I know it's amazing <laughs> to think that so much, so many years that we've had so many seasons without you here. It seems weird to me, but. Yeah, you know, it does to me too. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm HRL. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Once an HRLer, always an HRLer, I say. Well, you were there for version 1.0, we'll say. 1.0. Oh. So All right, cool. cool. Well, yeah. um, yeah, we got a few more questions. Yeah, yeah we'll just keep bouncing guys. back and yeah. forth between you guys. But uh, it'll kind of be a good segue. Let's talk about maybe not even year one, because we did go through it. And I know. Joe touched on kind of the playoffs in the beginning, but yeah. maybe run us through like the first rendition, the first four or five years of the HRO and how you saw things kind of shaping out those first couple of years. Well, once we expanded into Hopkins in 2005, there was a legit, instantly a legit um, rivalry between Egan and Hopkins that was fomented by another big thing that was a big part of those early years, and that was the message uh, early years, the message board was how everybody talked shit, everybody talked crap, nobody got work done. Pretty much, I'd say 75% of our league at the time was probably active on that message board. And we wasted so much time, mm -hmm. and we bonded <laughs> so much as friends and got tight, actually, because of that. Because we, we spent so much time together doing that for hours, because it was just way better than working. Right. Um, so there was a bond that formed in those early years. There was really became a brotherhood very quickly. 
and we had a lot of we did a lot of pub crawls and, and stuff like that in those early years too. The social thing became very big, very fast because we sure. all decided once we started playing games that we actually genuinely liked hanging around with each other. We like each other. How about yeah. So we all became very fast friends off the field too. The social events and post games and, and stuff was like the norm, not the exception back then. And we would come up with any excuse we could during the season, after the season to get together and hang out. So um, I think the brotherhood and the social yeah, I mean, aspect um, really helped keep the league in check from a balance standpoint. We wanted it to be competitive, but we could never lose that brotherhood uh, camaraderie feel no. that that you guys have come to know now. That still exists. That's never changed. But because we all bonded and got so tight so early so fast, um, it just really formed an unbreakable bond, and it's just carried over. I got to say, I think that's important. That's so important to state because – as well as we do have it still to, to this day, that brotherhood, it goes to show how strong it, something like that is at the beginning and how much you're trying to hold on to something like that. Yeah. And it is, it kind of needs to be recuperated as you continue with the league, especially if you hit a 20-year mark. You got to make sure that we're all like still interacting with each other still and, like each and other. still making it a brother. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And it, I, I, you know, this whole past season, that we just had. Every game night was a joy. Everyone's happy to see everyone else. Um, doesn't matter if you're a great team, a fun team, a crappy team. Everyone's, is like, as far as just personality and social-wise, everyone at the rink is on the same footing to this day. And everyone gets along and has fun. And, you know, it might be a tight game. You might get smoked. But everyone's having a good time at the end of the day. And it's, uh, it's, it's as fun as it ever was. So. That makes me really happy to hear the truck. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. And that, what's that, cool for I me mean, now like is... Said, I, when new blood comes in, you can see it kind of changing, but I'm glad that we got that connection. Yeah. And what's cool, what's cool now is I, I, my, my whole family lives out here now, so I'm playing, you know, with my brother. My, my kids are on my team. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, and you you remember the kids? They they freaking were raised in those ranks. They heard a lot of dirty words growing up <laughs> in, over there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's cool that they're on my team now too, and it's 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 nice to see that. Uh, I feel like it's like a whole generation of the league now. You know, you get guys like you who uh, honestly I'm going to refer to you as the kids because you're literally like my kids age that's so, all I've ever known is you know, referring to us as yeah, the kids yeah it's like it's like playing against the kids and trying to see if you can keep up with them and doesn't always go great but it's <laughs> hell it's fun trying so yeah, you know how pops feels, eh? oh yeah <laughs> like now I know exactly how pops felt yeah yeah, that's, so cool. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good because I mean I agree I mean I think that's what made it so special like you said I mean outside of Whipple we had bowling League, basically that we all did right yeah we did bowling yeah i mean uh people's birthday parties bachelor parties i mean it was like we were all just was just buds as originally and it made it so much better because i mean we've all been in other leagues if it's beer league softball or something else where you don't get to know another team and it wasn't the case we always you do them because you were taunting them for the first three days and then you show up for free game you play the game you're out post game with them yeah, so I'm glad if it's not even the same culture, that at least it still has the same bond. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know we look back, we 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 all chose to spend all that time together, man. It was yeah. it was it was unbelievable, and it was uh I think it's that base that we started with the league that people that we 
sort of what we want. We wanted quality over quantity. And I think the way we recruited people for future seasons, we kept that, we kept that in mind. And for the most part, uh, kept the riffraff out and the cool people stay around and they get the vibe. And like the, these guys now, they get it. They get what it, the league's all about. And it's that, that nice balance of fun and social and competitive and everyone gets along and no one judges the kid that was picked last in gym class. And it's all good. And we're so strong today because of guys like you two and because of the foundation that was put in place in the first couple of years. That's just stood the test of time, and we do still have those OGs from year one, two, three, whenever it was, that still play, still love it, still have that passion, energy, love for the game, and like you said, love for everybody else and what we're really doing. And we weren't raised um, not poorly in any uh, wrong sense, but that we were made sure to know that there's a definite culture of having fun, drinking beers. Someone might, you know, take out something else, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's always something interesting going on in the HR. There is. And instead of it being a formal, no troublemaking, no, like we're here to play wiffle ball, that'd be no fun. And in today's day and age, especially, yeah. We got music playing, speakers everywhere, yeah. you know. There's a bar. never a wiffle like, night. I like yeah. this old guy. I never met him. Sounds like my style of director. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he's I a like hell him. of a good player, man. He'd like him. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate and, you. And, and an even better guy. Appreciate <laughs> you yeah. And um, he's, he, I'll just say this as one of his best friends. He's really now becoming the player and the guy that he, I think, wants to become. His early years, I mean, you know, didn't really expand out there. Oh, you know, we're not going to post games. We'll just show up, do our thing, talk to whoever, have fun. And now it's a total kind of butterfly moment where yeah, everyone friggin' knows who you are now, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he comes to me saying, let's do this project. Let's go forward with it. And, you know, I couldn't be more excited to be here finishing up with the legend lineup with you two. And as soon as you, as soon as Joe, as soon as you brought up your, your, uh, hitting wiffle balls out in your parking lot at your apartment and meeting Westy and then how quick it went with truck from there, like, and how quick it took off it, like, that's exactly how it's felt this last year for football for me is, and that's what the sport does. And that's why the league is so great is because it took my life from this thing that I was just going just to do my business and then leave to it's a family. And I have guys to talk to throughout the entire season in between games at games, everyone at the rink and gosh, yeah, especially hearing you, you guys talk about it, it and it just magnifies it for me right yeah. now. Every week is an opportunity to get to know people that maybe you haven't talked to before, and it's always worth it. That's right. Always worth it. So, yeah. Well, we'll we'll move on to the next subject, and this one goes out to both of you. So, ping this back and forth. But um, you two are the two inaugural members into the league's Hall of Fame. Um, kind of take us through how that induction process worked. Um. Joe, I know I don't know if you still keep up with it, but we don't have a ton of members in the Hall of Fame yet, and um, a committee was just formed to kind of oversee how the process goes and make tweaks here and there if we have to, and, and it might be something that eventually fizzes out, but I think it's a good thing. Um, just kind of go over how that first initial induction was for you guys and kind of your thoughts about the Hall of Fame nowadays. How much do you remember about it, Joe? Zero. Okay, here's here's what I came to know because I actually had to research this. After I left. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. So you wouldn't have been there. 
Uh, D was commish at the time. It was the winter meeting between the 2009-2010 season. And Chops was working on a, a completely redesigned website, and D was running the engine behind the site. But D was also commission. In doing so, he finally, he unilaterally basically decided as commission, I'm going to start an HRO Hall of Fame. We didn't have one yet. Sure. Uh, so he started one, and at winter meeting, uh, I'm pretty sure it was announced, Joe, that you and I were, per D, uh, <laughs> inducted into the HRO Hall of Fame. And... I did, in fact, look up an HRL news article from 2010, a winter meeting recap, wow. and it does state uh, a whole big thing from D on the whole Hall of Fame thing. So it's there. I was hoping it was voted on, at least. That no, was it was just D, D waved his commission wand. We, we <laughs> would have never got voted in on our resume, oh, bro. Oh, come on. I was like, first ballot. First ballot, yeah. yeah. First yeah. rendition. Every good building needs a foundation, right? Yes. And sometimes and sometimes you need the one guy to step up and be like, all right, we're doing yeah. this. It was actually D that started the Hall of Fame. And put so. you two in there, though, also. Right. Yeah. I'd say that was a good move. <laughs> That's a beautiful move. Sounds like an honorary PhD. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, thanks, D, wherever you are. Shout out, D. I hope he listens to these. I don't know if he's a big podcaster. Uh, I feel like he probably does listen to it. He likes to stay up on HRO okay. events. We do have a Bears chat okay. uh, these days, and he, is, he will be a Bear this year. Okay, so. I was wondering where he was going to play this yeah. year. Oh, okay. Well, the Bears. We had him on our roster last year, but he's recovering from he's his like hurt. 78th knee surgery. From... Oh, he's still playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, still, he's still blowing his knees out. I think he's on the second hand as far <laughs> as like counting the number of times he's blown a knee out playing Wibble. It was like his third. Yeah, ah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's up to like six or something now. But anyway, yeah, he sat out all last year, but I stashed him on my roster because he's a good, dependable uh, hitter, which my team desperately needs. He's got a smooth stroke. Him and Pelp got like a similar, just right through the middle of his own stroke. Singles anywhere on the field. Yeah. Yeah. They're very similar. Gets on base, man. Yeah. That's all we need. More of that. Well, that's hilarious that that's how the – the Hall of Fame went down. Yeah, so yeah. So that's how we got inducted, man. I'm pretty sure D announced it at winter meeting, and I'm I'm sure everyone said hooray and got right back to drinking. <laughs> uh, Toast. Yeah. Give a cheers. Yeah, and and that's it. That's nobody okay. voted. <laughs> that's why that's so legendary, is because here we are now, and we made that executive decision, and thank God, thank goodness, you know. I think yeah, that, yeah. That was a solid that. move on his part. At least we got it going, you know, because. That is a topic that um, is just being discussed. and It's getting bigger and bigger by the year, and um, I think Tugboat and then J-Ski are the other two members. Yep, yep. It's been tough to get yeah. people voted in. The voting process, yeah. it's kind of like the MLB Hall of Fame. It's, it's been a tough bar uh, yeah. to, to cross, and it's been, it's been painful sometimes because as, as the guy who started the league, I want to see more people get voted in. Right. I wish the bar was a little lower. Um, I think they did lower it a little this year. I think it went from 75 to 70. 70, and, like, people can vote for up to eight people. Yes, right. Um, So, you know, so it gives people more options. Um, I I will say I have some insider knowledge on things this year, and um, I'll just say – all I'll say is I I, I think people are going to be very happy. I do too. So – People are going to be very happy. I get chills with, thinking with about what that. Transpires. Well, that's, that's awesome. I get so, chills hearing the commissioner, yeah, hearing Trump yeah, say that. Me and Joey yeah. are the fans of that. I, that's all I. That's all I'm permitted to say. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, we just stepped into the Hall of Fame there really quick. Uh, should we... We kind of we'll just know. No, I know, but like more specifically that question geared towards... Yeah, I like, mean... If you had anything else sure. about it. Like, I guess, well. Truck, I mean, what does it really mean to you now? And, and eventually, let's say five years from now when we're getting ready for year 25, what do you yeah. want to see it become ultimately? Um... I like the way that it's a little bit selective now. Uh, I would like to see five years from now either people sort of get the flow of getting more people voted in and people start filling their ballots a little more and or a veterans committee is formed, which I think is happening now yes, or yes. has happened now, to possibly look at the idea of getting maybe longtime current players in the league uh, considered for that as well. I, I'm not against that uh, whatsoever. Um, so five years from now, anything to get more people in who are deserving, as long as it, people keep maintaining the high standards that right. we've maintained, I, I don't have a problem with expanding it to current players, and, and uh, I'm sure there's a handful of deserving ones even right now. Absolutely. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of been saying on these podcasts, my definition of the Hall of Fame is you can't tell the league's story without these certain individuals. So whoever's in the hall, you can't tell the league story without those individuals. And you two being the two um, to kind of really get this league off off and running and, and really have those first sets of ideas. If you're not in the Hall of Fame, well, the league story can't be told without you two. So it's so deserving that you guys were the first two in. And I think there have been some guys along the way that might have gotten kind of forgotten about, and that's pretty sad. But I'm with you. I think, um, you know, I also know a little bit about it because I'm on that committee. So... Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be happy, and, and I kind of want to also consider the process of maybe eventually getting guys who are still playing, current players, whether it's from year one, year two on, whatever it is, have conversations about, okay, should we try to get active players in? Um, because we can really make the AHL Hall of Fame what we want it to be, yeah. but at the same time, we don't want to water it down and get 15 guys right. in one year. Um, There's absolutely a case to be made for it. Yeah. I, I agree. Especially based off of you eclipse a decade of a player being in the league, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, some guys are just getting on the older edge. It's, I think it's a really cool opportunity to get a guy currently in the league because then we can praise him, give him the credit, yeah. give him his credit where it's due in person, you know. And then bean his ass when you pitch against him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the hall. <laughs> Welcome to the hall. I love that. Well, let's pivot, Truck. I got another question for you. And, yeah. and Joe, I don't know how much you were involved in this process. Um, but I kind of touched on earlier Wifflin for Wishes and that being my introduction to yourself and pretty much mm. all the other guys in the league. Yeah. Um, what did running the Wifflin for Wishes tournament mean to you at the time that you ran it? And now what does it mean to you? Um, it was 15 years of a lot of hard work and dedication and probably one of the proudest things I've ever done mm-hmm. uh, in my life. Um, I think in total between the Minnesota, Massachusetts, and Iowa tournaments, I believe we raised something north of $70,000 oh for God. the Nicholas Foundation over those 15 years. And it was super cool to expand it, um, uh, to my home, you know, yes. Massachusetts. So we, I think we ran a tournament four or five years there and it caught on and did really well. It did basically was doing just as well as the Minnesota yes. tournament. Uh, we had expanded it down to Iowa too. We had a little baby Wifflin for Wishes going on That's down so there. Cool. That was a lot of fun. 
you know, and then COVID hit and everything got turned upside down and, yeah. and my life changed in, in a lot of ways. And personally, and I mean, unfortunately, just I'm just at a spot in my life where I, I had to walk away from it. It was just too much, yeah. um, too much commitment and, you know, too much for me to handle at that point. So so I hung it up. Um, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done with my life. It's been more than just me. Joe was actually one of the guys in the league that when we first kicked around the idea of starting a tournament, it was an HRL project. It was, yeah. it was not a truck project. Right. Um, it was a lot of us that put work into it, getting hooked up with Midway Stadium and the disaster mm-hmm. freaking debacle that was that tournament making us use duct tape on their field instead of paint for lines. <laughs> oh, that'd be a whole separate I, podcast. I, I, yeah, I, I think I stopped after that, so the rest of it's all truck. I mean, <laughs> after first year. I remember meeting down there for the St. Paul Saints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That after, was After that, I was like, I'm out. That's all you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, after that, it was pretty much my baby at that point, and, and yep. I have no regrets about it. It was great. A lot of guys who play in the league now are in the league now because of looking for wishes. It was such a good breeding ground for competition, yes. you know. Uh, um, both of us raised our hands, by the way, a couple of years up. We raised them high too. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you guys when you played in your first looking for wishes? So we, I played in the big whiff. I believe it was 2012. Yeah. We did decent. Came back 2013, big whiff, and we won it. So that's when I knew, okay, we're pretty good at this wiffle ball thing. We had a little wiffle ball league actually in my backyard, just eight of us playing one-on-ones. So kind of how everybody else's story in the backyard started. Yeah. And then I heard about Whifflin' for Wishes, and I kind of got this sense. My mom was, uh, you know, oh, you should look into this. And she started emailing you and WebGem and guys like that and said, hey, you know, my son's 14 years old, and he's interested. He wants to get involved with the tournament. And, oh, by the way, I see you have a league. And. Found out about the age limit, so yeah. I think 14 is when I brought... By the way, we're all adults, so I can say this now. Yes. Dealing with your mom over the years, she's a sweetheart. She is. Your mom's a sweetheart. I love her. <laughs> she loves sports, too. I'm, I'm blessed to have a have a mother who uh, loves sports as much as I do. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, I think by the time I was turning... Oh, gosh. I was 17, so... You that like it was going in a totally different direction. She was cutting me checks for charity and nothing more, <laughs> yes. man. That's it. That's, That's right. it. Yeah. And she, I mean, not only for the players showing up to those Whiffling for Wishes tournaments, but all the people who came with, the spectators, the fans, the people just at the bars that it was held Good at. Good venues. Perfect yeah. venues for yeah. every time. Yeah. So. And Evan took me to my first one. So. Yeah. There you go. You were a day off your wisdom teeth, and I'm like, hey, just come out and yeah. have a swing. Step that in there and swing, and oh, yeah, no complaints out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, no, no complaints. Just, 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 Joe, you played in those first few Whiffling for Wishes, didn't you? Oh, not very many. I, I, I can't hit straight. I, I hate the wedge. You remember, actually, hey, you, you were talking about the, what's my career in Whiffling. The last one was Sultan Suck, if I'm aware, <laughs> Whiffling for Wishes, and 20 something because I couldn't hit anything. I was blind as a bat and swinging, <laughs> going over the fences. Probably blowing a little higher than your jersey number in the old yeah. alcohol machine there too. <laughs> I, I just remember in that tournament people were to me. I just stood there like, I can't do it. Back, back in the early days of that tournament, the <laughs> HRL guys tailgated in the parking lot before yeah. Whiffling yeah. for Wishes because we it was not. 
prudent to bring the booze on the field. Right. So everyone was drinking them out of their trunks. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just another HRL event at that oh. point. That's so cool. I'm glad it grew up. Yeah, and it grew up. It grew up. But yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I don't think I could get involved with again just personally. But if anyone in the league wanted to take that mantle and run with it, they absolutely have my blessing. It's literally as simple as contacting Make-A-Wish, making the contact and saying, remember this event that they you guys used to do? And they'll remember it. Oh, yeah. They and we're, we're going to take it over and run it. So, like... I'm not holding anybody back from from bringing it back if they want to do it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Watch so, out, HRL. To all the <laughs> listeners out there, you heard it. We have his blessing. Okay. Yep. And John, I know John does a great job with his ALS tournament now. Yeah. yeah. He is. A we gem all know him as, as Epstein. Yeah, John Cronin. He's he's an amazing, amazing kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't even go getter. He hasn't. I've never. He's never told me this, but I can guarantee he grew. Or he took inspiration from working with Wish. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Uh, early on, he, he would ask me just pointers, like general tournament pointers and stuff. And um, I don't know how helpful I was with them, but, you know, I helped him out as best I oh. could. But he's clearly uh, taken that whole thing and run with it. And he's, oh, he's a total sponge. He'll yeah. take and listen and, and interact in his own way. And, he's yeah. actually, he got us into the league on the Dodgers uh, at the end of 2016, so. I owe him a lot too, and so I'll always be yep. a fan of John. So, yep, yep. A, uh, a sandwich version of another piece of wiffle ball that like kind of creeps up and is able to blossom into other things, you know, like with him doing that and the wiffle fruition's idea of keeping that going. That's a, that's a good one, honestly, because I I feel like that there's someone in the league that possibly would, or maybe someone that isn't in the league yet. Or, I know there's somebody listening right now that. Has thought about it maybe in the past and maybe not talked to you, Chuck. I've it. I've discussed it a couple of times with with certain guys in the league that have taken a p- possible interest in taking the mantle, and I've told them the same thing I've told you that I, I have no problem with anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 certainly don't need my my permission. You all have done whiffling for wishes a bunch of times. It's a pretty simple, pretty simple tournament. Uh, it's 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 engineered for a crowd. Oh. It's made to fit. As many people as possible. Yes. That's why it's mm-hmm. formatted the way it is. But mm-hmm. anyone, 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 anyone who wants to band together and bring this baby back, I'm I'm all about it. Do and it. the money is raised for uh, uh, Make a Wish Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. getting that on the record. Yeah. yeah. So it's for a good cause. Do a truck. I'm sure you can help them jump over the hurdles that they need. Oh yeah, I, I can make I can make introductions and, and yeah. at that yeah. point. Uh, that's, that's about all I can handle. <laughs> Pass it off. Maybe, you guys have yeah, maybe a little advice here or there, but uh, that's what I love about the league now. It's full of very smart people and very willing people, and it's it's a, it's a well-oiled, functioning team effort right now. That's right. From a lot of people. Just like our children. It's so nice when they're old enough. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a you know that's a great metaphor. I like that. <laughs> Watch him grow. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a proud papa, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, let's pivot here as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up our podcast. Um, this one goes out to both of you guys again as well. Um, let's settle the great pitch speed debate. How has the speed limit evolved over the years, and what is your guys' honest opinion of maybe when it started till now, um, anywhere in between? 
Joe, why don't you give us your uh when you your first five years in the league? I mean, it started right away, didn't yeah. it, Trey? Yeah. I mean, people, people were griping at, at Toto throwing too fast from the get go, and, and I think we <laughs> we kicked in into year two. It was so we didn't talk much about year two being the second explosion, but it doubled in soccer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because we went from Egan to yeah, we had and eight so we had Egan and we guys. added eight more in Hopkins that next year. So a lot of new faces that didn't know about working yeah. all time too. Yeah, oh yeah, and I think that's when we started working more on implementing a speed limit in year two. At that point, once we saw how it clearly just leaving it as a gentleman's rule wasn't going to work. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and and absolutely because <clears throat> we had a big diversity of people and not necessarily white dudes <laughs> it wasn't necessarily that but as far as like ex-pitchers in minor sure. league sports compared to you know grad students or right. whatever it was right so there was a there was a big swing of uh of talent in the hrl area and you had the x and the cjs of the world that were coming out just throwing bbs oh yes. right? yeah so i think early on it was kind of like oh hold on a second i mean truck and i and truck much better pitcher than me but it was all you know, curveballs that break three feet, not mm-hmm. things that are zipping in at, at 90 miles an hour. Right. So I think that first year truck, we started talking about it, and there was always debates. And I think if you look back at those winter reports, it was kind of like we tempered it down, we danced around it. Uh, we eventually did come up with a, I guess we can get a, a speed gun. It sounds really dumb <laughs> to yep. have to, like, cut people down yep. to it. But we don't want games that are one nothing, at least from my perspective, because I was so, like, you got to keep it fun and, and inclusive. Yeah. No one wants to show game. up and go 0 for 8 with 8 strikeouts, and right. you're lucky yeah. to get a foul ball. That's no fun for anybody. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's nothing better than going against the, the best pitcher that can do that and actually hit you. But right. most times than not, it's, a, it's kind of a snooze fest with just Ks. So, yeah, I mean, I think we struggled from the very early days about to, uh, how to manage that. And I don't then, know where it ended up now, but I think we went up and down and had guns and, and had gentleman rules and back and forth for quite a while. And trying to find that line where okay. where, where it hits yeah. both those sides, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the league slowly edged its way towards sanity with that once we'd start using the guns and actually enforcing them, like, say, for playoff games, Whippapalooza games, and people would be out with the gun. And there were a couple of heated moments and some – hotly contested games where maybe the gun should have been used and it wasn't used um, or, you know, should have been used more consistently and things like that. So, so we knew we needed to use it more, but I think a couple of years ago, a couple of guys in the league had gotten these systems called pocket radar. um, And they're a lot more accurate than these Bushnell guns they have. And they're basically little doodads you can set up on tripods and that equipment um, I think at first it was maybe a little cost prohibitive, but over the past yeah. handful of years, I think maybe close to half the teams in the league maybe own one. I think so. Um, so give or take. Um, so frequently at games, it's they're easy to set up. You can actually hook an iPad up to them and use it as a mile per hour display, which is kind of fun. Um, but I think they calibrated though that piece of equipment against the old guns and figured out that. 60 on those old guns, which is what our speed limit was, equals roughly 63 on these more accurate pocket radar. So we kind of made the league, the speed limit more or less a hard 63. And the times I've seen it implemented, it works great. Nobody, it, you can't argue with the machine. I mean, it works just fine. I think I saw 
somebody pitched a, a ball to Seuss in the All-Star game that I saw him take right down the middle, mm-hmm. hit the board, and then I saw him run to first, like instantly, because it came in at 64. Right. Should have been strike three, but nope, it's a ball. So mm-hmm. we walked. So, oh. so I saw that in action. I'm like, no arguments, no nothing. That's the rule. And that was it. Hearing you describe it made me realize that switch between one of the guys having to actually stand there and gun it every single time across yeah. years, and then once you get a tripod set up and something that's automatically yeah. doing it, yeah. it made us made everyone right. more, more yeah. willing with, okay, we'll have the gun for every pitch for the entire game, obviously, because no one has to stand right. there and, and hold the gun. And that's a great point. That that pocket radar equipment is you don't have to man it. It takes one your so, hands off. So, so tell us about the, the earlier years when there was – like for the main for the main stretch, like let's just for my memory, yeah. Reds wiffle ball all those years of yeah. Well, the the gun board. even in those early years, uh, even when it come down to like the playoffs, you know how it gets in the playoffs. Yeah. Everybody starts amping it up because the, the you know there's more on the line. The games mean something. It's natural. Um, I think the gun was really a last resort thing in those right. first years. Yeah, it, it was it rare was. that the gun came out. Like it, and, and, and I, I think we gave. I mean, there's still kind of the gentleman's thing. It was like, hey, you're kind of throwing up a prick, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. we, there we was a little bit of that. But a lot of the problem was that the two teams that you'd frequently end up with at the end, back in those days, it was always the Reds and the Red Sox, or yep. some combination of that. And those teams at that yeah. time yeah. didn't give a crap if the other team threw hard. They were like, it was, it was like, like yeah, it was like, yeah, bring it. So we'll it was. So they would throw hard, but yeah. they were fine with it, yeah. you know. <laughs> so what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know. So and and the gun wasn't really. It was brought out only in an extreme, tense situation, and those were few and far between. It was very much a last resort. Mm. Yep. Yeah, definitely was. Yep. It's funny to hear that that's still an issue, and and I get it because uh, I think sure at national level there's not one. You guys have. Correct, yeah. I and feel then, like those use of those pocket radars and the more teams have them available and more people get used to them, I I think that's so, – honestly, it's solved the problem. I think it, so. Really, I think it really has. I think we can put it to bed. I do too. That's good. Yeah. One of the things that me and Evan always talk about is how – especially nowadays. I mean, you see us. You see men like Evan pitching. How the game is evolving, It's it gets down to the tiniest detail when it comes to something like pitching. Yeah. When you're trying to master it and trying to get good at it. And when you have such a ceiling, because we do now. And, I, and that's what I think is the beautiful thing about having it at 60, 63, whatever it is. 63 for these last couple of years mm-hmm. is that you have that defined ceiling in the games where right. it's... And it only has to be in the games where it's easily communicated that we're going to use the gun and then we're going to enforce it, which right. is the more important games. And in, I think in, it makes you a better pitcher when you're given restrictions to work with. You're forced to get creative within that framework and 100%. find pitches that work up under that speed. And maybe you maybe you throw more off-speed pitches as a result. Personally, um, You know, more junk that way because it's, you know. Yeah. There is a – I'll just come, out, come right out and say it. There's been debate around the league about – changing the league about changing the speed rule and bring it back down to yeah. 60 just based off of how there might have been kind of a mix-up in gray area when it came yeah. to choosing 63 for for some guys maybe for no reason they don't understand why it was yeah. ever 63 mm-hmm. and all i know and i think that i speak for a few guys that i've talked to around the league about this that that 63 
over these last couple of years, a lot of guys have gotten used to it. Yeah. Some would say that only a few guys have gotten used to it. Like, and I'm, and who am I to talk? Because I've, we've had a radar with Seuss and a very good pitcher like Seuss is so used to it. But I think it gave you that little wiggle room right above sixty. Yeah. And we already, and and you know, and it's such a weird number to to to, to put a hard if I write sixty three. Yeah. It's such a weird number, right? You and know? we have a defined yeah. punishment. For going drive people too. with OCD crazy, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, my my understanding was I had no part in whatever was actually done. But my understanding was they brought trials out of both equipment, the guns, and and they equated that sixty on the gun equals sixty three on this pocket radar stuff, and that's how they came up with sixty three. That's my understanding. I believe yeah. in my I understand as a witness yeah. as a witness of the last few seasons. I, I feel like it was largely decided at the 2020 well, World Series. Here's what happened: Dodgers played the Biscuits in 2019, and they had smoked uh, they had smoked the Cardinals in 2017, smoked us in 2018, and they were a great team, all great buddies, legendary team. Um, and then we came into that World Series, and, and I pitched, and John pitched, Epstein. And, you know, we were both ramping it up, of course, because it was the World Series. And Mippy oh, yeah. doesn't throw that hot. Huck, for sure, can control it at about 55, 56. Yeah. So I think they got a little ticked off um, that we might have been throwing a little hot. But the gun really never was an issue. And when the Bushnells were brought out, you know, we were clocking right at 60 or a little bit under. So we weren't cheating. But I think when the beginning of that next season happened, um, there was an incident right away. And I won't name names, but... Then Tubat really came out and said in 2020, you know, we're not going to do this. I'm going to get a new system. And he found the radar, the pocket radars. Okay. And eventually that caught steam. And yeah. I think a couple teams that already bought uh, radar guns, yeah. baby cakes included. A lot of tournaments by use them now too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But National that was kind of the inaugural. That changed the landscape of the whole league once oh, that sure. was instituted. And oh, that was yeah. the first 100%. World Series. And I've, I've been lucky enough to play in the last few. So I got to see these full seasons. And just how much of an impact they make in the playoffs. I yeah, just we're to, having World Series yeah. games that end seven five and you know eight to five and four to three, and they're not all one to nothing. There's runs, there's run scoring happening. At sixty three. So yeah. I didn't mean Keeping to it at sixty three. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to harp on that too much, but even because this, I was thinking about this that in game two of, yep. of our World Series in twenty twenty two. There was an incident where there was two down. I was pitching against, and Evan came to bat, and one of the best hitters in the league. Massive Three, moment. 3-2 count. Massive moment in the series as a whole. They're up 1-0. If we win that game, it's a very tight series. Like, right. in my mind, and I'm trying to win, and I love to play, and it was great. I have no problem with the situation, by the way, for anyone listening. However, I it was full count. I throw a beautiful pitch. It was 64. Yep. He walks. I end up walking. Did it hit the board? It did hit the it board. Did. Oh, yeah. And wow. actually, no, I might have swung it. Didn't, it. it didn't hit the board. It didn't, but I swung it. it. Yep. But it was a. But that was the pitch that I was going for. It was yep. right inside, swing and miss. You were looking for one, and it was 64. You walked. I think yep. there might have been someone out first because that made it first and second. I walk. There's one more hit. Walk two more. You guys get two runs. And that ended up being the complete momentum shifter in the entire game. I'm only bringing that up because there is already is a punishment for... I mean, that's things that that happened. 
work. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I only mean from I the perspective that... Yeah. For you. Yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about... I'm not, personally. I've heard rumblings... <laughs> I've heard rumblings for even more... I've heard rumblings for even more punishment. More punishment on throwing over the speed limit. or And then reducing the speed limit even more. And it's like... That is the that's a that's the perfect amount of punishment for throwing over the speed limit yeah, right there. Ball, is, right? See ya. I, you know, take your balls. base. Yeah. I know you had jokingly written in the rules, Joe, back in the day that excessive speed could result in uh, having to assume the position for a bare ass spanking. <laughs> Where can we get that put back in the rules? I think somehow Please. that made it through multiple copies of the rules until like 2016 or something. Like it was just stayed in there. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. But yeah, I mean, uh, think about throwing... We need someone else. Seriously, I took his... <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in that scenario, like... Well, that's an example of that rule in action. Yeah. Right? You know, what you just said. It's a perfect rule because, think about it, that's a strike. Well, then it's turned to ball. That's a two-pitch swing. Think about it. I mean, it's, see, it goes from 0-1 to 1-0. I mean, those kind of things do decide games, do decide series, do decide the way, you know, these yeah. conversations are had years down the line. So having really strict, even more strict punishment, I just get nervous that everybody's going to be terrified I, to play their game. Yeah. I'm rarely yeah. involved in games where speed is a factor, uh, sure. for you know, for obvious reasons. But yeah. uh, my my thinking is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think just calling it a ball is fine. Why, why change that? I think we just had a couple fantastically intense and great world series even the last and playoffs and just with playoffs the, in yeah. general yeah with with through with the rules that we've had and yeah i i only and i seem to be the one that's harping on this subject the most even out of me and evan it's only because when i came into the league with evan as a young kid as a 19 18 year old speed limit and where that stands is a massive aspect of the game because when i first came in it was before radars were used a lot, so I was I got to experience the last little bit of what it was yeah. like to. It, it was have still no a last radar. resort measure. Yeah, yeah. no radar. If even. dealing with yeah. seventy miles an hour, so it's only it's only important because it has that big of an impact in a World Series game now, going into year twenty. So yeah, and he, and getting an opinion from two Hall of Famers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we're we're, we're yeah, using you guys. My personal opinion is that you should amp it up a little bit. Oh, increase the limit throughout the playoffs in the World Series. Joe wants to see like 65. That, no, that's my heart. Joe, like, Joe's, Joe's stirring the pot. I love it. 65 in the playoffs? Yeah. Stirring the pot from there Michigan. Amping it up like in the it, playoffs. Like it, bump it up a little bit. I mean, it's those May games that I'm like, oh, really? Tough guy? Right, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're all just here for a good time. Yeah, and it's, it's May and you're throwing 65. Right, I mean, come on. <laughs> we just, we paid, we paid these guys before to push our agenda. Paid actors. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that was some great back and forth about that. I mean, it's going to be a polarizing issue, not really issue, but polarizing subject forever, and especially this off season. Um, there's been a lot of chatter about it, and there kind of will be, but uh, I guess, Joe, um, as we kind of wrap up here now, what is your all-time favorite wiffle ball memory in the HRL, in the backyard, in the parking lot with Westy? Um, what comes to mind when you think favorite HRL memory? Your favorite wiffle ball. Or your wife yelling at you. Maybe that's your favorite. <laughs> yeah, my wife yelling at me. And she is a, she's a champ. So don't let me don't let me trade that off. Cause 
Yeah, you were on a long leash, my friend. You were on a long <laughs> leash back in the day. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, she just ripped me to this day. I'm just telling you. Yeah. All those long leashes back in the day. Man, I, I wish I had more time to think about these because there's so many great ones, and I think I'd probably recycle this one a lot. Kirk has probably seen it. When was it, Truckee? He asked me to, you know, just do video. Oh, um, yeah, when I did the origin story thing. That was about yeah. five years ago. I, I still got to finish a couple chapters of that, but it's mostly done. But, yeah, it's yeah, so, yeah. But it was like five years ago. Yep. All right, so this one might be it might be a, a reset from that. You could just go find it. But, I, again, it's back to the first year, and I remember this because – um, we always play two games. I don't know if that's still the format or not, but Brewers said, no, we're playing as much as we can. Like, I mean, Hendy and I and West just wanted to play all the time. So we started being like, yeah, you know, I mean, three games, that makes sense. It's like a series in MLB. We should mm-hmm. play three games. And so I remember that, uh, that first season, it was midsummer and we played the Expos mm-hmm. and it was finally when the Expos truck were getting their crap together. Right. They yeah. finally got MC, they finally got JC, they finally got Christian. It wasn't that rag. That 0 and 8 so cool. start that we were ragging on them about. Yeah. Yeah, they were terrible. <laughs> and now they had Dobbs. And so Brewers were like, all right, we're going. And uh in the third game, it's I mean, Egan, Sky Hill was packed, but we, we played three, everybody else played two. It's dark out. It's getting really dark. We didn't have any coordination with the city at the time so we didn't have any lights to turn on so everybody pulls their trucks up oh, under yeah. the ring we open up the big gate everybody pulls their trucks up and it's us and the expos in that last game and we we're hurling and it had this like you know outsiders slash west side story oh. you know, and, like, everybody's sitting on the hoods of their playing the car and, headlights oh, i love that reference and, and, and i don't remember how it turned out but i just remember like walking out that field you know, like, yeah this is this is fun this is pretty cool yeah so, that's one of my favorite memories is like all these cars and under the under the lights of, of vehicles swinging lifts. Wow. Yeah, just to get that game on the books, baby. Yeah, we got one more. <laughs> we got one more. Westie, you got one more save in you, Westy. You got one more save. <laughs> yeah. God. That's so cool. That's great. Yeah. Back when saves were a thing. You don't see them uh, too often anymore, do we? Man. Oh, do you remember us pulling Westy in all the time for the saves? We're like, yeah, Westy, you get the save. And he's just coming for like two pitches, and we're like, yes. Got it. <laughs> yep. Got we it. care about stats. Yep. <laughs> reinstitute, reinstitute saves. 2020, yeah, who's, who's breaking the all-time record in saves this year? Webgem actually said he wanted to do that. So. I feel like Sibes yeah. has the all-time record in saves. But it's nothing crazy. Like, it's for double, a career, it's double for digits. Yeah. That I do know. Somebody listening right now is gonna have to do the research and uh, come in and, and try to maybe break that record eventually. But uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a stat that kind of gets yeah not talked about. It won't it won't be us. We're not often in a position to get saves to blow in the first place. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's criteria to it and everything. So well, that's a great memory, Joe. That is yeah, a, sorry, sorry if everyone's heard it a couple three thousand times, but I, I love that one. And and really, I mean, the Expos after that, lifetime friends. I love yeah, those legendary, legendary, yeah. great dudes, great players. You know, we saw a couple of those guys at the HRL awards ceremony. Madman showed up, that's right. and uh, oh. Emski, Emski came. Oh, that's great. Stuff. Yep, yep, unannounced. So that was like a huge kind of reunion moment for a lot of us old guys. You know? Yeah, and that's a great part of the HRL. And like I said, we, we keep talking about how much of a community it is and friendships, but when I see anybody, you know, it's like I, I just saw you last year or a couple 
a couple months ago. And I think I ran into one of those guys at MSP, you know, in 2015 or something, just walking through and there and things closed. Like, what, dude? And yep. like, struggling yep. not to run over and hug the cop, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> High five. That's right, yeah. One, I think they were both plainclothes cops at the airport at the time. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, but but still, I, I'm sure they don't appreciate some schmuck in a suit coming over and giving them one of the big squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come through yeah. some wiffle ball soon. Some no, HRO. No. I don't know how Chirk does it, dude, but I can't hit you. Well, uh, I'll send you some videos of my sons, uh, six and nine, showing me how to play the game. There you go. Ooh. Oh, nice. They'll be future wiffle ball players someday. There's leagues all across the country, Joe. They'll be in some wiffle ball league someday. Or... Michigan's a hotbed. It man. is a hotbed. Yeah. But um, to you, Truck, we're entering year 20. Yeah. What does the next 20 years of the HRL look like in your mind? Wow. Yeah, that's a, gr- that's, that's a great freaking question. Uh, I hope I'm there for it. Uh, first of all, that would put me at uh, near 70 years old. So that's weird to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'll be playing anymore by then, but I sure hope I'll be coming down and heckling the crap out of everybody. And uh, and maybe we're up to generation three. You know, so, maybe my kids' kids are playing wiffle ball games. And you guys' kids are playing wiffle ball games with you. That's and, my dream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I I I think as long as we keep that formula that's worked for twenty years that uh, Joe and I helped foment back in the day that we've the flame we've kept alive even through all the evolutions of the league the core of it's always been the the camaraderie and the social aspect and it's always been the case. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the trash tends to take itself out. You know, when you get a bad apple Bingo. here and there, and it, it's. Always, you know. Totally does. <laughs> I hear you on so, that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> think of instances. Sometimes we figure out who doesn't need to get asked back. And, That's right. You know, it's part of how it so goes. And, so, but yeah, we we all got each other's back in that regard. Yeah. So twenty years from now, I hope it's the same. I hope we're on generation three, and like, you guys are the ones getting your butts kicked by the kids. Oh, you know. <laughs> Hopefully time slows down. See how a that bit. feels. <laughs> that'll be the it's humbling. That'll, that'll it's be very humbling later. Three times most improved by twenty forty. Yeah. Yep. There we go. <laughs> I hope Yeah, maybe you'll have that year where you've been kind of dogging it for a while and you'd be like, you know what? Yeah. The Rocky Going music starts yeah. chiming in your head and you're like, I wanna see if I still got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see you getting a little stressed out with a job and a wife and a kid and Life happens, yeah. And already having yeah. and already having won like six championships by the oh, sure. you know, <laughs> you, can, you can hang them up for a few weeks. How many titles you got in that psych? Two. Two? Okay. Two more than I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joey, I don't know if you know this kid at all, psych, that you're seeing, but he's a four time MVP, two time champ. Four time yellow hey. slammer. Yeah. No, don't even do it. He's pretty good at this wiffle ball thing. I will say Probably the person I would say my game emulates most is probably like Spoon. Um, just when when it's time to roll, let's go and give it our best shot. And um, you know, he he didn't take it as seriously from what it sounds like as I did my first couple of years. But now that I've grown so much as a human being and and uh, as a friend and, and as family with a lot of these guys, that you know, I know I know how to act in in every situ- in every situation. So it's just such a blessing to be able to play and 
like Hove has always said, you know, kind of itch that competitive nerve. So it just provides that as an outlet yeah. and makes the summers just even more glorious. It's way better than softball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> we play softball, so. Yeah. Well, ten times yeah. good for you a for million. multitaskers. A million times better. And, yeah. And, and Spoon is a great guy to end with. I mean, having you and Hove seem awesome. So I'm so glad that, you know, you have actual talent doing these podcasts, not just chumps like it would have been me back in the days. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it is really nice to track that, the good balance with yeah. guys that can uh, be interesting someday, you know. Do you remember, Joe, when they used to have that uh, thing on ESPN called Dream Bowl, where they would put, yeah. like, the 78, you know, Steelers against, like, Montana's right. 49ers? Yeah. It'd be amazing to me to, like, do a simulation like that, where, like, Psych versus Spoon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, yeah. Get these guys in the cool. same rank and battle it out. That'd be amazing. Pit the arrows together. I'm sure somebody can, can make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, really quick. Because we're at an hour 30 mark right now. I, I hope we still have a lot of HRLers out there listening. I, I've i talked a little bit on this podcast, but I definitely wanted to step back and let especially Psych and, and Chuck go at it. But um, it's been fantastic. Year 20 of the HRL. Year 21, we are going to be hosting, or Minnesota. I like to think that the HRL is actually hosting it. Like it that's is. where my yeah. mind literally yeah, goes. Correct. Usually no, though, right. when I hear about a, another state or maybe one on the East Coast, and I hear that they're hosting it, I don't know the league that's there. I know where it is, but I think everyone is really looking forward to the fact that HRL is going to be hosting this NWLA tournament, which is a fast pitch uh, yeah. yellow bat. Twenty twenty four, correct? Twenty twenty four, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. We finally got a bid. We got our bid. We got our bid. And we got time to plan it. So plan your trip right now, Joe. You'll be up in the Twin yeah. Cities for that weekend, I think. Yeah, I, I do. Think I might have to make it. Next summer. Place. Yeah. There you I'm go. so proud of you guys, dude. I'm, I'm super happy for you. <laughs> so you you'll, be, you'll be treated like the Hall of Famer you are. We'll even get you a, a gold <laughs> jacket or some shit. Yeah, we should do, as an event, I was thinking like a Hall of Fame, whoever's in the HRL Hall of Fame kind of. We try to get all the guys together on like the Thursday, Friday night. Have a little ceremony. We can get trumpets. We can get a band. We can do trumpets. So yeah, we'll do it up. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the national tournament done HRL style. It's gonna be great. Is there? That's cool. Any? Have you? Do you have anything in the works or even any thoughts that you put towards any, that? Anything you'd like to let the public know right now so about your twenty, about your twenty or and NWLA? Uh, NWLA wise, I don't have a hand in that anymore. I'm really just a fanboy. Uh, but I am on call as far as if there's anything needed. They need me to be an ambassador. They can trot me out there. Sure. And, yeah, whatever, shake whatever the hand. whatever the league needs. Shake a hand. Yeah, That's shake true. babies, kiss hands. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm down to I'm I I'm not gonna be uh, getting down and dirty like guys like Legend and Kubat and numerous other guys that Stash, yeah, and Stash. Martin, all those right. Guys. The guys do. You're gonna be a bear them. for year twenty. Let's enjoy being a bear for year a bear. twenty. Yeah, no, year twenty, man. Uh, I will give you a little bit of tea. We had some internal discussion with the Bears about three weeks ago. I actually brought up with the idea of changing uh, our team to the Royals for season twenty. Um, <laughs> right, just to bring an old team Whoa. name back, right? Holy, oh, um, I love that. It, it, there, that would be great. The Bears took a vote, and the the measure was narrowly defeated. 
so I'm sad to say. We, well, I'm not sad to say. Because when the consolation prize is you still get to be the Bears, yep. that's pretty awesome. Yep. So we're, we're going to be the Bears for year 20. But it was yeah. it was tossed about possibly going back to the Royals for next year. And it was narrowly rejected. That's but, so uh, cool. Yeah, it was something we thought of maybe doing for year 20. Didn't work out. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, that's... That's at least something, though, because I know that got a couple of people thinking Royals. That, oh, that, that does yeah, that would have been that would have been neat to bring it back, but you know. Yeah. Unlike unlike Elon, I abide by my polls. That's the way that's gonna go. That's the way that's gonna go. So, I think to. I think hearing you like hearing just talking about being a part of the team for for this 20, 20th season, that's what just everybody needs to do. Just soak it in and be like, this yeah. league's been around for twenty years. Yeah. Two decades. Yeah. Play hard, have fun. That's it. Play hard, have fun. Everyone's friends at the end of the night. And uh, win or lose or anything in between, just freaking have a good time. Man. Yeah. That's all we ask. Have a good time. It's one big family. Yep. Past and present. And, uh, again, this was just such a blessing to be able to sit down with you two. Um, Joe, I have no, no doubt in my mind that someday we'll get to meet you in person. Um, we'll see you around the rinks again. Um, but for now, we really appreciate you taking time out of your, uh, what is it, Wednesday night to be on the Thursday edition of the Legend Lineup with Home Insider. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's really been my privilege. I'm, I'm so excited to see this league still kicking. And best of luck going forward. Happy 20th, Trek. Right? All right, thank you. Joe. We'll talk on the side one of these times soon, brother. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you guys. Thanks, Psycho. Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> nice to meet you, Joe. Yeah. And for the Godfather himself, of course, it's always real. Um, just pleasure to be here with you. Thanks. Have you on? I don't know if you told your viewers are actually recording this from the truck house right now. Yeah, we did not. That's yeah. usually something to preface at the beginning. Yeah, but we, um, we we pulled this all off in the in the in the uh, the basement where all all my Whipple treasures are. I don't know if you even had a chance to look at uh, some of my. Old tokens from my Whipple life. I did not. Yeah. I was I was blessed to be the one facing it. Psych <laughs> didn't see it, but it really is a sight to see. And um, whatever cover picture you guys are looking at for the episode, I hope it doesn't give too much of away because definitely you get you get to you get a, a much better sense of even just what you can accumulate, especially running out. With Paul Lee for oh yeah for twenty years yeah and that's just the stuff I put out I got boxes of other you know old jerseys yeah. and trinkets and other stuff that were just you know busted this one out for tonight this was yes. my two thousand seven Royals jersey wow. that I'm wearing tonight the the lettering's all just ripped up just oh, from yeah. years of abuse vintage yeah. Royals yeah. jersey <laughs> this place is just so, so much history to it. The, got the, the, layer. the HRL blue with some hints of HRL red in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I mean the Patriots colors are Patriots. the HRL colors. Red, white, and blue, red. Yeah. It works out sports. that way. Yeah. yeah. It's a color scheme that works in a lot of a lot of formats. Well, I think it it's a winner every time. It's an immaculate acronym, it's an immaculate logo oh. colorway. Everything about it's perfect. Top notch. And that year twenty logo that Chops so generously worked on. That was Chops. Ooh, Kick oh, ass. That's like, unbelievable. Tell me that we're gonna get league patches this year yes. that resemble that. Well, I think at least for the aces, I want to incorporate on the sleeve April twenty in some rendition because yeah. I saw 
15 different designs on a page of different renditions. Would we all for like team colors and whatnot? I don't have it up on my computer, is, but... Uh, has anyone love to get, Does anyone give jerseys back to Trent Tever Alter? Or like... It's a great question. I, I never What if we just got the entire league... I mean, that would be something we could do for Trent, and everyone throws in yeah. a couple bucks, and he puts year 20 on everybody's jersey because... Well, everybody is a cool... A every cool jersey thing. that he makes, I would assume... Unless contacted other ones. I feel ones, like everything he makes comes out with an HRO logo on it. Somewhere yeah. or another. Yeah. yeah. So it might be cool to use it for another. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to get We We order ours off of a website that makes, you know, gotcha. you know yeah. our, that's what our brand is. Yeah. Well, just to be able to take the already, so, if you didn't want to buy completely new ones, you know, you can have those up there. Oh, I do got to show you, though. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Um. <laughs> Viewers, if you're still listening, you just got great insight. If you're not still listening, um, well, then you're not hearing me talking. I didn't even realize you were still recording. This is, uh, we're coming to the end of the Legend Line of Thursday edition um, with Truck and Joey Law, both first ballot Hall of Famers. It's been a pleasure. I'm thankful. And I wanted to make sure that we all remembered to think about something like this, because this is something Evan and I are constantly speaking about when it comes to the HRL and thinking about it in scale to maybe other leagues around the country or world or um, just how a lot of leagues, tournaments, whatever you want to call it, and a lot of different sports are run and just activities for people to be out doing. And I just wanted to make sure to kick off this 20th season and with me having the floor and being able to just have someone like Chuck in front of me and just being able to talk about that for you guys and for myself to be able to learn more, it's crazy to know <laughs> just how much, like, it's it's butterfly effect. It's every, like, that path just gets taken. You guys start the league. And like you said, it almost happened like too quick to even remember everything that happened. You yeah. Know? Like within the span yeah. of a couple of weeks. And to know that 20 years later, here I am and how much I actually love it. And it's something that I can't deny. It's something that I can't like put down and be like, it's just football. I'm used to playing hockey and baseball and football. Like, no, I play wiffle ball. I've seen the fast pitch. And what we have here is... Top and the fun, like, that's why I know I love it more, like, is because of the the normalcy and just the brotherhood, sisterhood, the whatever you want to call it. So I just want everyone to take two seconds, re-listen to this episode down the line, like, keep this one in the books because we got to talk to the two dudes who started this league, which is now... Regarded by many as the best football league in the country, so there's plenty to be said about something like that. So, yeah, just wanted to make sure I got that one in there, you know. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Sir. Excellent. Well, Chuck, if you want to leave us with uh, kind of an outro or any last words from you. You know, no no last words from me other than, you know, like I think you guys have covered it pretty well, but one of the great things about this league is that whatever you want to get out of it, you can get out of it. If your if your thing is great competition, you can get that. If your thing is just kicking back and having a beer with your friends, and you don't care how the games go, you can get that in this league. You can get all. You can get a mishmash of that. You can get everything in between. 
Anything you want to get out of this league personally, you can get out of it. That's what's the beauty of it, and I think that's what's kept it going for as long as it has, and I think that's what's going to keep it going. Could have said it better. Perfectly put, per usual. <laughs> um, well, thank you, sir. We appreciate thank it. You, thank you. It thank was you. Great. Thank you, everyone. As Evan said right at the beginning, that was our Thursday podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We're going to wrap it up with all the amazing stuff that we've talked about um, in such a great week, in such a legendary and amazing offseason, going into arguably the biggest season of in the league's history. So we appreciate anyone who is even listening to this point or, or has listened to any of the episodes. Um, it's not it's not about me. It's not about Evan. It's just about the league in general. So not kudos to us. If anything, kudos to Stash and Sanchez. So shout out you guys for, for inspiring me and inspiring Evan um, just with something like this. So thank it's you, been everyone. Real. It's been a blessing. It's uh, such a fun time talking with Carbon Out. I'm in our lives to talk riffs, and I just couldn't be more excited to see all you soon at the winter meeting, um, and then again see you guys after that. Right. And polar plunge, March fourth. Polar plunge, yes. Yes. That's coming up quicker than the winter meeting, so yes, we are hoping to drop this lineup previous to that weekend before. It'll so be definitely. So there'll be still be time to donate if you're listening to this. Yes. yes. And we yeah. plugged it in like. Find your episode. favorite HRL or doesn't matter who and donate some money. Wonderful. Thank you all. Take it easy. We love you. Peace out. This is the HRL Touch Em All podcast where we will touch them all. Yo, remember back on the bully when cats used to harmonize like. Yo, yo, my men and my women, don't forget about the day. Is it out the most the king? Yo, it's about a thing. Look at where you be in, hair weaves like Europeans, fake nails stuff out Koreans, come again.